AI Tools for Creators, the podcast that dives deep into creativity aided by artificial intelligence and machine learning. Welcome to AI Tools for Creators. In this episode, we'll talk about the AI tools that I'm using and she's using. I'm Mike Russell. I'm Isabella Russell. (laughs) And we're going to get straight into the nitty gritty of why this matters and what you could be using as well. Obviously, AI tools can speed us up, make us better content creators. So whether it's a podcast we're making, a script we're writing for a YouTube video or anything else, these tools will enhance our work. Yes. If you haven't used any AI tools, where have you been? Have you been like hiding under the rock? Absolutely. Because everyone's been looking at, everyone's using AI tools now, even to to write messages and write emails. And that is actually my first tool, ChatGPT. But it's not what you think. It's a specific version of ChatGPT. So if you play for, if you pay for ChatGPT Plus and you get access to all the latest features, obviously you get the GPT-4, which is the super intelligent, very cool model. But not only that, Just recently, in the last few weeks, they added something that I think is a game changer. It's called Code Interpreter. And you might think, oh, that sounds nerdy. And you wouldn't use something like that. If you if you heard there was a feature in ChatGPT called Code Interpreter, would you use it, Isabella? You'd think that's for like decoding Python scripts, right? A bit out out of my uh, my usual kind of peg zone. So my task then at the start of this episode is to convince the listener and convince you that it's the best thing to happen to ChatGPT probably since it was created. All right? Since GPT 3.5 and whatever, all of that good stuff. So uh, ChatGPT 4, obviously a game changer for plus subscribers. Uh, Then they introduced plugins. They also had a brief uh, flirtation with web browsing, but they took that away, unfortunately. Although I did try it a few times, it wasn't very good. Code Interpreter is awesome. Okay, so you might think, right, this is for uh, like coding nerds to upload their scripts and improve their scripts. That's kind of what I thought. So I ignored it in the first week or so because I thought this is, you know, I'm not coding any sites at the moment. I don't need this. So what can GPT-4 Code Interpreter do? Let me try and describe to you very, very simply. I'll explain it to you like you're five. All right. Essentially, it can execute. Uh, already, that's a long word, isn't it? <laughs> It's a long word. It interprets interprets multiple programming languages and does cool stuff. And it it can run code uh, inside ChatGPT, okay? So it can run, basically, I haven't explained that well, like your five, have I? It it can run little computer programs uh, based on what input you give it. So let me give you practical examples. You can upload files to GPT-4 Code Interpreter and then ask it questions. And not only can it give you answers based on analyzing those files, it can actually give you advanced answers with uh, visualizations. So let me give you real practical use cases. You switch on GPT-4 Code Interpreter. You'll get a little plus symbol in the chat box. When you click that, it'll allow you to upload any file. So you can upload a CSV file, a TXT file. You can upload, obviously, a P. PDF. Many of us get sent those, right? And what you can do is you can upload a PDF file and you can say, right, uh, this is a 36-page document. I'd like you to summarize the main points that I should know. Or for instance, you can upload a a user manual for something and say, uh, take a look at this user manual for the Mackie DLZ creator. It's like a, you know, nearly 100-page document. What is the limit of 
pages slash characters or whatever. So that, they limit that because obviously this is great because from what you are saying, it effectively is a way to um, do a, a larger chunks of data interpretation and presentation from there. But what's yeah. the limit in terms of um, kind of like, you know, scope of how big of a data can you give it? That's a really good question. At the moment, I haven't hit that that limit. So it seems to take in files. I've I've uploaded fairly, you know, comprehensive so text files. So what's the largest you've uploaded? Um, nothing, nothing huge. So nothing too big. I've uploaded, tra- for instance, one thing I've done is I've uploaded transcripts of podcasts and asked it to summarize the podcast episode. So, you know, a transcript of maybe an hour or two hour podcast, I've happily uploaded to the code interpreter and it's looked through the whole episode using code. Uh, it's running a, like a Python script or something like that to analyze it. And then it gives me back summaries. So that's pretty good. Um, so the only thing I will say about analyzing podcast episodes is I don't quite get the nuance of the show. So it'll say, this show says that, you know, 37% of people want to relocate to another country, you know, and then it'll say, you know, 42% of people uh, believe they're not earning enough money. Uh, and so it's very matter of fact, very factual. Whereas I don't feel I get the nuance of the podcast episode. If I listened and heard that information presented to me, I feel that's a more humanistic way for me as an auditory learner of digesting data. But where it has proven to be really good is I've done some keyword analysis. I've uploaded um, keyword files of uh, different podcasts and said, analyze all these podcasts and tell me what the common keywords are between them. Not only will it run a script to analyze all those podcasts that I've uploaded in a CSV file, but it'll also present me with a nice bar graph saying, well, these are the most popular keywords that you should probably be looking at if you want to do a podcast based on this theme. So it's good. I'm sure there are limitations. I haven't quite hit them yet, but uh, it's it's interesting. So from uh, what I can see, the limitation is in file size. So I think it's up to... Yeah, probably. So I've yeah. found two different websites say different things. One says 250 megabytes. The other one says 512 megabytes in size. So... If it's megabytes, that's huge. That's, huge. that's exactly what I yeah. was thinking. That is huge. But the limitation sits with the fact that it's not live connected. So it only goes within the library that it has current access to. To That's yeah, exactly so, right. So then yeah. obviously it will have limitations on that. But from what you are saying, and I haven't tested that myself, but it sounds to me like it could perform more complex tasks, such as you could upload maybe, um, you know, a, a 30 page summary of profits and losses and and things like that and say well you know give me a summary of this or create a visual representation of the sales you know for the company or whatever right so so this takes almost like complex data processing to entirely new level from what you say, right? Definitely. And the key thing is that Code Interpreter can present you with visualizations. So it will present you with bar graphs, line graphs, you know, all that kind of stuff. It can do basic stuff like that. You're right. It's not connected to the internet. So while it can run basic... programming a basic code it can't do advanced stuff and i can give you a concrete example of this i downloaded a because at first i thought i can download a podcast an mp3 file upload it to code interpreter on gpt4 and have it transcribe that show and then tell me about the show now when i did this i, I tested this out it 
took the MP3 file and it tried to transcribe it. So it was actually using Python libraries to try and transcribe. It's like, right, I'm going to use this library and I'm going to transcribe this podcast and I'm going to give you the script kind of thing. But then it fell over because it tried to call an API key, I assume an external website to transcribe that episode. So it couldn't do it internally. And it's like, I keep falling over, I can't, the, the key's not working kind of thing. And I think that's because it couldn't access the internet. So eventually I didn't get the result. I didn't get the podcast transcribed. And what I had to use was an external tool, uh, such as Adobe Premiere Pro. If you subscribe to Creative Cloud, it has great text transcriptions where you can throw in an audio or video file, get that transcript down as a TXT file. I then uploaded the TXT file and it gave me a, a perfect summary of everything that was said inside it. So, so this yeah. is interesting, but also there are some some questions that come up uh, in terms of like what about the data privacy privacy so are the files that you are uploading like are they then being used to train the models further right and it's like so we don't know that obviously so just keep that in mind i think that's important consideration with chat gpt plus i think you can opt out of training the model on your uh inputs so that's something to bear in mind. So if you are if you have access to this, you will be a GPT Plus subscriber, and there is a setting where you can say don't train the model. On so what it's I'm important doing. to take that into consideration, especially if you are actually handling sensitive data, right? It's like you know, and then it's important to check within, say, your company or environment. It's like what is the policy? As and many companies want to have a policy. It's like. And I couldn't yeah. agree more with you, Isabella. I think that's an extremely important point because, uh, of course, where we are right now, the UK, uh, GDPR is is a huge thing. And I'm sure it would be against GDPR regulations. I'm not a lawyer. But, for instance, to upload like your customer data and say, like, analyse this. While that might sound like a great idea, I think you'd hit a whole load of uh, minefield potential problems uh, in terms of legal issues, even if you're not sharing the data. So this is where your data protection officer in the company needs to know what to do. So every company in the UK has is legally, uh, when you are... Um Effectively, when you are handling customer data, you are legally obliged to appoint a data protection officer within your company. And that person would have to know what uh, capabilities, what limitations and things like that. But you are completely right. You know, you definitely should be careful. But it sounds really interesting. Uh, I think that's definitely um, definitely a cool tool, Mike. Uh, anything else to add on that one before we jump to the next one? No. Nope. AI tools for writing and analysis, GPT-4 code interpreter, really, really cool. What is your first tool, Isabella, that you're using regularly? So, so the very first tool on my list, although the tool itself is not AI, it's just how I use it with the help of AI that really matters here. Um, and it's um, an app, app, I guess it's like a website called InVideo. Uh, so a while back ago, I was uh, looking into our YouTube and that's when the shorts first came out. And I found this really cool video that said that actually, you know, you can get AI to generate <laughs> your... To automate, to automate your shorts. Your shorts. Really? Like, really? So I should really give it a go. So um, in video is effectively like Canva for video. You can create really simple videos with pre-loaded stock in there. Uh, but the, the AI part of this that comes to mind is actually ChatGPT. And you can go in and say, okay, give me, you know, some really interesting facts about industry you're in or, you know, just, you know, whatever niche you are covering. And then you can create short visual visuals in, in video and add those um, those facts you've researched through 
researched for chat GPT uh, and create little shorts. And interestingly enough, so we've been doing this on YouTube channel for a little while. Uh, now, some facts performed better than others, but it is interesting to see that quite often those will outperform uh, regular shorts on our channel. Um, and it's just think of it as it, it really is interesting. It's such a low hanging fruit to content creation. Um, I think reels on Facebook and Instagram and uh, shorts on YouTube are definitely a growing um, kind of niche within a niche. Uh, because if you think of how those are consumed, you know, it's such a mindless, almost like you swipe from one to the next. It's very mindless. You sit on the toilet, as we all do, and <laughs> scroll. What? Do you? <laughs> do you not? Really? I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> so That's interesting. Yeah. So it's an AI tool. Uh, and what you seem to be saying to me, Isabella, um, and I've often wondered this myself, I've seen some videos on YouTube about this where people are like, I'm totally automating this channel uh, using this tool kind of thing. So are you telling me that you can create AI generated, completely 100% AI generated YouTube shorts and they they rank and they, they get viewers? They are not 100% AI generated because it's not like okay. I can, with one click, generate the full YouTube with video. It does it, it require human input. So I need to have an idea first and ask ChatGPT to give me the right prompt, to give me something interesting that is relevant to the YouTube audience that can be shared online. And then you still have to create the visuals. So even though in video has a brand new um, uh, beta uh, of a version of the thing where you can, uh, it generates video to text prompts. It's in beta. There is very little adjustments you can do at this stage. So I'm not going to kind of go into depth on this. I wasn't particularly super interested. It does combine a lot of stock images to create something, but you can't tweak it and say, well, I need it to be exactly 60 seconds or this or that. So it's a little bit more, more than that. But um, it does require human input, but I think with help of, you can leverage existing AI tools to help you create content almost on automation. You know, if you think about it, it's like to, to create, say, 10 of those, you maybe need two hours max. You know, it's really simple. Yeah, and that would have taken you maybe a whole day or more uh, in the past. That's interesting. So in video, and by the way, can I say at this stage, all the AI tools that we mentioned in this episode will be in the description of this episode. So wherever you're listening to or watching this, if you check out the description online, uh, you will find all of our links. Some of them, full disclaimer, will be affiliate links, by the way. Uh, but do try them out uh, for yourself and see what you think. Uh, I think that's fantastic. I have seen some of those AI generated shorts myself. And what I will say, while, you know, uh, a funky B-roll with a bit of text over the top and maybe an AI generated voice saying something is good, I don't think it replaces uh, a human personality uh, doing a YouTube short. So I know on, on my channel, for instance, we do a mix of them. You know, some of them are me talking to the camera or clips of my old videos that we're trying to resurface. Uh, I think the the shorts where you get just a fax, you know, uh, in my opinion, they're not as good and as engaging as the actual real human presenter. I'm trying to come down on the side here of humans are great. Yay, humans. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but it's, it's, it's just kind of like... Uh... 
it just depends what you like to consume. And I think that there is a space for both. Uh, and I think if it, it's done well, I think it, it can do well. But And I know you're doing it with strategy, Isabella. And I know you're saying, well, yeah, you know, we put out some shorts where it's like remixes of Mike's old videos and some shorts where it's like me creating unique content, which I think is probably the best kind of content. Uh, and then you're like, well, we can scoop up some other people who are just, you know, like you say, casually browsing on the toilet and come across and, you know, maybe, maybe from that we'll get next extra subscriber or whatever. It's a low-hanging fruit and it allows you to open up your niche a little bit wider as well. So, you know, instead of, say, you know, your channel is about audio and video, some of the shorts will be about music industry in general or they could be about, uh, you know, some really interesting facts that, of something to do with music, but it's not necessarily the, the end production. But it opens up the net far wider and allows us to reach out to audiences that we won't necessarily find easily through regular content so it helps you grow and i think that that's the main thing it is something that can help so okay a uh, great tool in my experience for graphics uh, not only just image generation we'll get into that in a moment but actual graphical design and creating things such as social media banners social media posts podcast cover artwork and things like that is actually adobe express and i want to say specifically at the time of creation of this episode adobe express beta which you want to get on on that right now because it's actually free i know adobe charge you know a good amount for their creative cloud all apps plan and you know they they charge for access to other things but adobe express beta is currently free so i encourage you to go and find the link in the notes of this episode and go and try adobe express um, because i'm having some great fun for it Uh, for instance what i can tell you is the artwork for this particular podcast ai tools for creators was made on Adobe Express Beta. Uh, So why is it so good? Well, uh, for instance, you can not only use generative AI, so it's baked in, you can create, uh, you can give a text prompt and it will generate an image. And one of the best things about this is it's trained on the Adobe stock library and Adobe have come down uh, very specifically and said, listen, if if you use any of our generative AI, it's all based on data that we own and you're never gonna hit any legal problems of like, well, which data created that image because it's all Adobe stock stuff. So you can you can rest assured in that aspect of things. Um, it also gives you tools such as suggesting layouts, also different color schemes and creating uh, images from your text. So for instance, on the artwork for this particular podcast, AI has lots of computer chips and bits inside. So I typed in the letters AI and then I said, right, for the text generation, I want you to generate computer chips, neural network kind of thing. And it created that really funky looking AI. So wherever you're watching or listening to this show, if you look at the podcast artwork, that was done inside Adobe Express. You can do things like drop shadow, you can do um, textures, you can do blurs, you can do multiple layers of generative images. So for instance, I generated a city skyline. I also generated some audio waves and some ripples, and I layered them on top of each other. And And um, it's kind of like, for many of you listening, you might have used Adobe Photoshop, and that's brilliant. It has so many features, but it's also, you know, to get into the real nitty gritty, you need to be a bit of an expert to really utilize that program well. 
Where I think Adobe Express wins is that it's so easy to do things. And actually, I feel like in Adobe Express, I can make far better things because I'm not a graphic designer by trade um, in minutes. It literally maybe took me less than an hour to make the artwork for this podcast, and I'm really happy with it. But not only that, it can say, you know, generate your AI podcast cover art, 3,000 by 3,000 pixels, so it knows the specifications for podcast artwork. I can then click repurpose to Facebook or repurpose for somewhere else, and it will change the dimensions all automatically and make me new stuff. So I can't say enough good things about Adobe Express Beta. The generative AI in there is really, really cool. And uh, I think whether you're generating you know, stuff for social media or your podcast, it's definitely something that you should look into. I, I think that's uh, interesting. And I, I Adobe is definitely trying to step into the the territory of Canva. Uh, Canva has been around and widely adopted by many people. I am a huge lover of Canva, full disclosure here. And interestingly, I know that Canva has opened up uh, generative AI on their uh, platform. So you can now generate images, you can generate videos. And actually, I don't know whether videos, but you can do like different photos and things like that. So you can do that within Canva as well. But I think that what is really cool about Adobe Express is the fact that it's free. So if you, I don't, I don't know whether there is a requirement to have. Is there a requirement to have um, um existing Adobe Creative Cloud account? Yeah, I think you're going to need an Adobe ID at the but very do you least. Need to, I don't do you know if you'll need to be signed up. Uh, no, I, as far as I know, it is free at the moment. So you just need to create an Adobe ID and then you'll be able to get access to that. The same as uh, Adobe Firefly uh, came out earlier in the year. I think a lot of that was in beta testing as well. Uh, also, and something we'll go into deeper depth on in another episode, Adobe Podcast is also another uh, beta thing. Uh, and it's a great thing to have a play with if you want to see the future of what podcast creation and editing will be about. Uh, again, I believe... For the moment, if you can get into the beta, I don't think everyone can at the moment, but if you can get into the Adobe podcast beta, uh, that I believe is also free at the moment. But all of these things, I will disclaim by saying they're free at the moment. Undoubtedly, Adobe Express Beta will become uh, part of their paid offerings, but maybe it won't be part of the full creative cloud. It might be, say, a $10 a month creator package or maybe a little bit more. I don't know. I have no inside information on that. Um, but obviously, yes, you can see in the future it's not going to be free um, anymore. And I think that on that note, we can go to my next um, tool. And I must say that when it comes to image generation... I have not found anything better than Midjourney. And I, there is one specific reason for it. What Midjourney allows you to do that no other existing platform I have found, if I'm to be corrected, please let me know. I would love to know, is the fact that you can select an image, say, with specific colors or theme, and then generate further images based on that image. So say if for you as a company, it's important to maintain specific maybe branding style or colors it allows you to do that so if you go over to musicradiocreative.com every single image apart from our voiceover images who are real humans uh, and therefore the images are based on their actual faces uh, but um, every single product image on our website uh, in fact every blog image uh, overlay uh, is created in Midjourney and what it, it has allowed me to do is very easily stay on brand yet be versatile enough to to have 
image for pretty much everything. And and what I love about Mid Journey is the fact that genuinely your imagination is the only limit you are going to encounter. So Mid Journey definitely wears the crown in terms of AI image generators out there. Hundred percent. I mean, the the things that we've used it for. Uh, we went to the podcast show earlier this year in London and created a lot of things to give out to to people at the show. And there were there were little stickers. We had lovely stickers. We had notebooks. We had um, the the little cards, like postcards, that you could actually send, you know, to, to friends and and family. People loved it, and I say absolutely loved it. Everybody who came around was like, "Wow, these are so cool. They look so nice. Who designed them for you?" So people didn't immediately click in that, "Oh, those are AI generated, surely," uh, because it wasn't so obvious. And that fact that you could brand the the whole set so that they were different yet they felt the same and as an on brand they felt like they belonged to the same group of images that was so important and i think that's crucial for any business so if you know how to use mid journey right you can really take advantage of that to me so just so you know this has completely replaced a need of hiring a graphic designer in the past i would pay graphic designers um, every month to create visuals now i happily pay mid journey 60 pounds a month and i don't have to worry about hiring a graphic designer. Uh, yeah. Okay, so two things here. First of all, just a statement. Uh, so AI is already taking our jobs. You're just saying that you you have stripped the need for a job inside Music Radio Creative uh, because Mid Journey can do it really well. And uh, my question to you, Isabella, before we move on to the next tool, I just want to briefly touch on this. Uh, I mentioned Adobe Express being trained on Adobe Stock and no legal issues. Do the potential future legal issues coming potentially from mid-journey of the fact we don't know what data it was trained on, does that concern you in any way? In a way, no, because I don't think that, I personally don't think that there is a legal standing as in, it still generates something mm. unique. So yes, it might have been trained on other images. And I know Adobe has made a big deal out of the fact that, well, you know, it's like we only train on our stock and this and that. Um, but then, and also what do you constitute not, you know, like I, I get the fact that obviously there are private pieces of art, right? But it doesn't still, it doesn't stop a graphic designer going in and doing something in style of, right? And where do you, put the lines it's it's so incredibly hard i think to define the lines i don't think that this will be an issue because ultimately what would need to happen is the you know whoever would do the laws and like then there's a question of where the laws would be valid right would have to say well in that case we have to pay royalties to everybody who has ever put anything on the internet Right? right, and it's like so. You're just not really concerned. It's like, okay. So how is that going to to to? I'm not concerned. That's the reason I'm not concerned. Now the ethical implications of that are completely different story, and it's a completely different conversation. We'll probably get into that in the I next episode when we talk about more. AI voices. We're yeah. going to get into that more in the next episode. But uh, I I think that I think that in terms of the worry, you know, from from my point of view as a business owner who's using Midjourney, I pay Midjourney, so it's not like I'm doing, you know, I'm not doing it for free. I pay for mm. a service that does a fantastic job in terms of giving me a solution easily and 
at such a scale that I don't have to worry about having external graphic designer, that is huge, right? That's cool. Talking about AI voices, let me play this short sample. Vous écoutez maintenant DJ Epic dans le mix. Okay, that was really, really interesting. Uh, so that was me speaking in French. Now, I speak French, but not very well. And we're going to talk more about this fantastic company uh, in really leading the way at the moment in generative uh, voices, and that is Eleven Labs. Again, all of these links will be in the notes to this episode, so go find them online, and you can go check out all these fantastic services. So Eleven Labs, uh, in the next episode, we'll explore them in more depth and also other AI voices generators uh, available online. But at the moment, in terms of creating realistic human voices that can speak in languages that the original talent can't speak in, it's absolutely insane. So you can clone your own voice, you can choose from a library of different voices, you can even use uh, their own generator, so it'll generate random voices that have never existed before to read your scripts. And obviously this can be used uh, for podcasting, for creation of audiobooks, uh, for a number of other different um, occurrences. Uh, and yeah, if it's audio and you need a voice, uh, this service can do it. I've already been using it uh, myself for a couple of things. I've been generating uh, my own podcast in another language. I'm testing that out. Again, I'll talk more about that in the next episode. Um, it's very, very exciting. It's working extremely well. It's already getting listeners uh, from the part of the world that I'm speaking the language of, which I can't actually speak that language. So we'll, we'll cover that more in the next episode. Very, very exciting. Um, but also in our business, in Music Radio Creative, we've been testing out uh, the possibility of ordering AI voices. So obviously, uh, using Eleven Labs, we've made a clone of my voice privately inside our account. Uh, and then we make that available to our customers who would rather vo order a, an AI version of my voice as opposed to uh, the real mic. So you can order my voice when I'm on holiday or just if you want to use AI technology instead of me. Uh, I think it's uh, slightly less expensive uh, than ordering the real mic as well. Obviously, we want to make it convenient. And you can get mic in Spanish, mic in French, uh, mic in German, that kind of thing, which I can't speak those languages fluently. So it's a really fantastic piece of technology. I don't want to go too deep into the 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 ethics or the the real nitty-gritty of how this works. I just want to say I think it's cool and I'm using it and it's great and we'll cover it more in the next episode. So Isabella, let's let's finish up with um I I'm just going I'm just going to say something about Eleven Labs and I think that that's that's a company to watch. I think that when it comes to generative uh voice creation, this is definitely one that's kind of trailblazing the space quite a lot. And I think that it's worth to also add that with uh the th we will cover it in, in much more detail in future episodes like the voice generative uh space in general. We we have uh, we haven't got like we have an affiliate account with them since like a few days ago but apart from that we haven't got any existing relationship with them and you know the affiliate account has been created just because we can there's no other reason and we really like it we use it uh which is great uh, but we have explored the space of generative voice um in quite some depth reached out to other companies including Microsoft and Google to see what are they doing and how are they doing that and it almost felt like dealing with elephants in a China shop, literally. So Eleven Labs was the most 
kind of straightforward. It's like, here it is, just, you know, do it like that. Whereas all the others have made it extremely difficult for no reason and very clunky. Well, it's, it's back-end technology, Isabella. So I want to, like, you know, defend that a little bit because obviously these are big companies and they have a lot of big tech and stuff. So uh, maybe I can speak a little bit on this Um to just say that if you wanted to do the same thing that Eleven Labs can do, yes, uh, Google have technology that will do it for you. Uh, Microsoft and their Azure Cloud um, allows you to do it as well. But you're talking about thousands of dollars to train a model and then at the very least hundreds of dollars to keep that model online 24-7, available uh, to essentially generate scripts on the fly. Um, so yes, it's possible, but Eleven Labs have taken that technology, uh, made their own, democratised it, and made it available for a, a very reasonable monthly subscription plan. So I think that'll go well. Anyway, Isabella, we're coming up on time. So is there anything else you wanted to throw in the mix yep, before we go? just one more. Um, actually, it's still a little bit more about ChatGPT. Uh, those are two extensions that I use that I think that anybody who's using ChatGPT needs to know and have. Uh, the one uh, that I have discovered recently and has transformed quite a lot of our uh, my um, SEO work uh, in general, it's called AR, AI, sorry, AIPRM ChatGPT prompts. So again, it's AI. PRM. If you Google that, it's a free add-on. It's like a little add-on to ChatGPT. So when you open a new window in ChatGPT, instead of the the you know normal prompt thing that comes up, you kind of have pre-made prompts. So and there will be things such as um, uh, like you know YouTube chapters generator. So you could put transcription, and this is my favorite use. You can take transcription of your video from YouTube copy and paste it into uh, chat GPT, that prompt generator, and it will spit out beautiful chapters for your YouTube channel. So the only limitation here is obviously the character limit. So, you you know, it's like if you have an hour long video, it's you still will need to break it down for slow, smaller chunks, but it does it really well. And, you know, for, for something that would take a long time to write manually, this again, just completely stripped a need off from me to pay somebody to watch the whole video, take the chapters, I just do it on automation, you know, even if it means copy and pasting fragments of the video, it just works. So that's one. Um, and with that same tool, there are prompts to create social media posts. There are prompts to create uh, SEO blog posts, titles, outlines. Uh, it will give you keywords. It will give you tags for your video. So kind of all the nitty gritty manual um work it kind of takes seconds to do so there are quite a few to explore within that add-on and the other one that goes very well with it uh is um it's called hang on i was just uh, having it open it's youtube summary with chat gpt it's a plugin you can add to your chrome i presume to other browsers too and every time you load any youtube video you get a little um window next to it and it within one click it will take transcription of the video uh, and summarize uh the the whole video for you within chat gpt window i think that's brilliant and again it helps a lot with the manual seo work with research with pretty much you know just anywhere where you need to 
utilize YouTube in some way or another. So for me, a huge time saver because then I would analyze what competitor videos are doing. How are they doing intros? I could go back and say to it, well, based on this, like, can you tell me what is, you know, how did they start the video? What is the call to action they do? So you can kind of get ChatGPT to do the legwork of a lot of manual work. So it has replaced a lot of uh, need for, for manual creation. <laughs> Which I love. There you go. So ChatGPT <laughs> yeah. prompts, YouTube summaries with ChatGPT, another yeah. good one, a uh, good extension to add to your browser, actually, which I've, I've used in the past. I don't use it all the time, is harper.ai. And we'll link this and all the others uh, in the notes to this episode. Harper.ai can uh, also summarize YouTube videos, but it can do a lot more. It can read websites. It can summarize uh, long articles and stuff. Uh, so a really good time-saving plug-in there uh, if you want to get the lowdown on things but I think that's enough information for this episode we could go on there's more to share but we'll do it in more episodes next episode's going to be interesting because we're going to talk about voice cloning ethics and the use of AI voice generators it's a topic that's very close to our hearts and uh, we'll get into that in the next episode especially the ethical side of AI and I think that there was there is going to be some conversation and maybe maybe little miss not misunderstandings uh, arguing between Mike and I of the point oh, yeah, will, of... You'll be guaranteed it it'll will be, be controversial, controversial the next so, episode. Yeah. Uh, but if you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe or follow or like us on whatever platform you are watching or listening to us. And if there is that one friend who could benefit uh, from anything we've mentioned in today's episode, please make sure to share it with, uh, with them so that we can continue to help creators like you uh, embrace the future and the AI tools. AI Tools for Creators, where technology and creativity merge. Merge. It's like having a creative partner that never sleeps. Subscribe now, wherever you get your podcasts.